Hello, and welcome to episode 25, all about the King of the Golden Hall. Chapter 6, Book 3 of The Two Towers, being the 25th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MCD. And today I am joined by Alice White of Those Happy Places. Welcome back, Alice. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me back to onto your awesome podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm so. It was so fun recording with you and Buddy last time. Um, but I don't think we had some technical issues, and it was also a long episode because it was also. A super important chapter. So I was like, I think I'll simplify things, just do one person. And I loved recording with y'all because you had so much fun, extra knowledge and, and everything. So oh. I'm so glad to have you back. It's so good. Yeah, fun and extra knowledge is uh, a, a little bit of our forte, I suppose. We bring it into our, <laughs> into our own podcast, but also just in our day to day life. And honestly, since I, I'm, I'm very honored that you uh, asked me back instead of Buddy first. So I get to come <laughs> back and I rubbed it in his face earlier. I said, I get to go back on that's what I'm talking about. So <laughs> well, if I this is no offense to Buddy, but if I remember correctly, he said he hadn't ever read the books. And so I'm trying now that I'm moving into territory where like, it's it's not that important to have people who have read the books when you're still in the middle of the first book. But now that I'm moving, getting into the middle of the second book and the third book, I think I'm going to try and stick to people who have read the books or at least are reading along with me. Um, because there are a couple, from what I'm hearing, there are definitely discrepancies from the movies and the books. So Yeah, definitely right around the beginning to the middle of the two towers is where things start getting pretty separate. And I think Buddy's read I think Buddy's read the books, but I think it's been many years since he oh, had. I do okay. remember I do remember us both reading them in middle school together. Um but I don't think he's reread them since and I reread them fairly regularly. Oh, so. okay. He was probably he was probably just like being humble then saying like, "Oh yeah, I don't know anything don't, about I them don't or know something." Anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's also I think he's he's read obviously the the Hobbit and I think he's read the Lord of the Rings, but um but I sat there in middle school after we finished Lord of the Rings and went ahead and and read The Silmarillion and uh and all of the histories of middle earth and uh, at tolkien's adjacent writings and everything i got way into it and he was like no i'm gonna go read other things now <laughs> he he has a broader nerd knowledge than i do i'm very specific but you are my- you have you have the depth of the knowledge he has the breadth i guess of, of nerd culture is one way to think of it yeah yeah i think we balance each other out okay yeah that's great cool well that's good for me to know so buddy if you're listening i might be reaching out soon about a chapter um cool so we will jump right in this is chapter five no six Six. (laughs) chapter six king of the golden hall um, that would be why I'm on the wrong page of my notes. <laughs> Even the title is so it's it's beautiful and and poetic. When when you asked me back and you gave me like a hey in the next few chapters which one would you be interested in? I was like immediately this one. I love 
this chapter. Yeah, I'd I've lo- been I've been doing that more recently with some of my former guests where I message them and say like, what's a chapter in Two Towers that you're really excited about? And some have been like, oh, I don't really care. Like, I'm just happy to come back on. But I have gotten a lot of like, oh, it would be great if I could come on for X chapter. So <laughs> yeah, because uh, boy, oh boy, do I have a soft spot for Theoden King. Because <laughs> he's he is very, very good. Cool. So let's jump right in. The it picks up where the previous chapter left off where Gandalf has returned and he is Yay. Gandalf the White. Um, and I, oh, at, so at the time that we're recording this episode, my episode on the previous chapter hasn't yet come out, but I was really shocked <laughs> because were you? I, I did not think that Gandalf was going to come back that, like, this felt really quickly. Like, in terms of the story, it's been like maybe, oh, wait, no, they, they were, I guess they were in Lothlorien for... A couple weeks, they said, or months. Yeah. We don't really know exactly, <laughs> but like it Tolkien's seems a little so loose soon. with time. Sometimes there is a timeline out there somewhere that lays it out more directly, but it's uh, it definitely they hung out in Lothorian for a while, and yeah, and then Gandalf comes back, which I am so glad to hear that you were like shocked by that. Oh, I that- was, I was so shocked. Um, what's probably gonna me- gonna be the meme that I post for that chapter is: Have you seen that GIF of the girl going Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably gonna be like the meme of the because that's how I felt was like Gandalf. <laughs> that's perfect. I love yeah. that. That's so, perfect. Yeah. So he's back and he's got a sweet horse. Yes. His trusty steed Shadowfax, which we'll get into <laughs> a little more in this chapter. Um, so they are on their journey, Legolas, Gimli, Aragorn, and Gandalf, and they are riding to. Um, to Rohan and Gandalf's plan is to get um, Theoden and the Rohirrim and all them riders on their side so that they can build up an army and go to Isengard and either destroy Saruman or convince him to come on their side is what sounds like the more hopeful plan. <laughs> but, I mean, he would be a really useful ally. Yes. I don't think that's off the table altogether. But yes. Saruman has fallen pretty far. And I think Gandalf's really upset by that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like, a you know, they're like brothers. And, For sure. Uh, yeah. And so, yes. So we're right. We're going to hit up Rohan and then go to Isengard. Just so, which is, if you've seen the map, shockingly close together. Um, so they're riding past the the Emmanuel and uh, Legolas can see at the same, because he's, yes. he's an elf. And this is this part. Legolas with his magical his elf magic eyes. magic elf eyes. So there was a beautiful Tumblr post that I came across. <laughs> was, and it, was it his periscope eyes? Yeah, kind, <laughs> yeah, yes. And it started off with someone posted a question from their physics textbook about, like um it was saying like if Legolas can see x amount of distance like how big are his pupils or something somebody, like that somebody solved the problem and it's like they're three centimeters wide and then, or yeah, something. Then drew, yeah and then people just kept adding on to it and there are all these things about like well technically the for him to be able to see that far means he would have to be able to his eyesight would have to curve to account for the curve of the earth and then someone else was like well I don't think we necessarily know that middle earth is round and someone else said I think in the Silmarillion that's addressed and then someone said like oh my gosh the elves are flat earthers (laughs) because they can see it like a flat distance 
Because their their special eyes can only process it can process things from so far away, but when they do, it turns out like telescopic and flat and weird. And, and then like, people started drawing Legolas with big anime yes. eyes. <laughs> He's got three <laughs> centimeter wide pupils, then his eyes oh must be enormous. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a little bit terrifying. <laughs> it's so good, but so so from the Emin Wheel, Legolas can see uh Edoras and he can see um he can see Metacell, he can see like all of it. He can see everything. And probably and I I feel like I read I don't know if it's this chapter or or at some point he can see Isengard also, like at the same time. Um, I'm sure he can. Like, it's just so funny whenever they are, they're like, Legolas, speak. What do your eyes see? And he'll be like, I see approximately 20 horsemen. They all have fine golden hair. <laughs> Three of them have brown eyes. Four of them have blue eyes. Like, it's like, Legolas, do we need all this detail? We just kind of wanted to know, like, the general He's, gist of what we're getting into. He here. wants to be helpful. Yes. <laughs> but it's so funny because, yeah, so when Gandalf asks, asks him he to say what he sees he gives like beautiful poetic descriptions of what he sees <laughs> right so, oh my gosh yeah there's let's see a i see a white stream that comes down from the snows where it issues from the shadow of the veil a green hill rises upon the east a dike and a mighty wall and a thorny fence encircle it within there rise the roofs of houses and in the midst set upon a green terrace there stands aloft a great hall of men and he just goes on like that talking about like it's golden and there men in bright mail stand but all else within the courts are yet asleep so he's yeah. like uh, how do you know <laughs> oh my gosh he, he get, not only so, that but he has like x-ray vision where he can see through walls apparently see, everybody is asleep I don't know if they're just inside and hanging out but for the most part no but I'm sure they're all just asleep good job Legolas well done yeah so Gandalf says that is Edoras and we are going to see King um, Theoden and then he warns them and he says draw no weapon speak no haughty word I counsel you and this is just Gandalf like pleading being like please 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 don't mess this up for me please be chill please be chill you know what and they mess it up right away that's the best part I know because he knows his boys so well oh my gosh like and also like I in my mind I'm imagining this where like he's saying it to all of them but really it's to Gimli (laughs) it is absolutely to Gimli because Gimli Gimli and Aragorn both mess it up so bad later oh my gosh when they're when they finally get a chance to not speak a haughty word or draw a weapon, they do both. Like, literally, the first chance they get to speak any words, Aragorn says haughty words, literally. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Um, when the, the line, when uh, when I was reading this chapter again, and and it, it speaks so well to Ian McKellen and his portrayal of Gandalf in the films, but when I was reading this line that we are come with the rising of the day, for some reason I could hear it so clearly in Ian McKellen's voice, and I just love that, that we are come not like, oh, it's dawn now. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's just- very Shakespearean. Yay, and we're back. <laughs> Mary Clay's Wi-Fi fails once again. Yeah, so they're on the hill and they're looking down. And and so when they approach, they get stopped by, I guess, kind of like the guards of Edoras. And they speak in Rohir- the Rohirrim language. And 
I like this because it's kind of like supposed to be a trick of like, haha, you don't understand our language and therefore you can't come in. And then Gandalf is like, haha, I know your language. Here I am. Which is so good because they had just finished doing an, uh, one of maybe one of my favorite poems in the whole in the whole book, I think, um, maybe in the whole series. Um, which, because Aragorn talks about, and this is such a Tolkien thing to talk about the 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 language of Rohan, um, as uh, what he says. Uh, Aragorn says their speech is sundered from their northern kin. So it's like he's like specifically mentioning that because Rohan is like so far south, their language is like really different from everybody yeah. else's, mm-hmm. and um, and then Legolas calls it rich and rolling and hard and stern as mountains, um, which is just so cool. Laden with the sadness of mortal men. And I just, that's such a Tolkien thing to write about, like specifically about how the language sounds and like feels to speak. And then that yeah. poem, Where Now is the Horse and Rider, is one of, is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um. This was, thank you. Yeah. For bringing that up too. Cause I, the way that Aragorn talks about, the like language of Urhirim and the language that the people there speak and stuff. Was there some kind of like years and years and years ago thing where like Gondor and Rohan were one land and then they split? And that's so- why, because he says, <laughs> now they call this land their home, their own, and their speech is sundered from their northern kin. Yeah. So that's uh, actually, I was going to bring this up later as a, as a fun fact. When they enter, um, when they enter the hall and they see, I think it's a statue of Errol the Young, the yes. first leader of mm-hmm. Rohan. Yeah. Errol the Young, who was, he was the first king of Rohan and he, they, they were kind of um as as far as i understand he was kind of just like a like a like a soldier or um like a like an independent like he wasn't really gondorian but he or he didn't like live in the cities of gondor but he was like part of the kingdom who rode in uh to come to gondor's aid in an hour of need hundreds and hundreds of years ago um and in return whoever was steward of gondor at the time gave him a big chunk of land and was like, this is your kingdom now, your king. And so uh Errol the Young became the first king of Rohan. Um, I what is what does Legolas say? Five hundred years ago, I think he mentions. Um Yeah, it was a long time ago. I feel like says, I wrote that down somewhere. Yeah, because Legolas says, five hundred times have the red leaves fallen in Mirkwood in my home since then, and but a little while does that seem to us, which is Legolas flexing about how old he is. Yeah. Um <laughs> and yeah, in the previous chapter he refers to them as children. Yes, yes, he does that a lot because, you know, again, he has to have something to do. And Aragorn has, like, such wonderful respect for these people and for their culture and language because Aragorn's amazing. (laughs) And, yeah, so they were men of Gondor, I suppose, whatever it was 500 years ago. And then a chunk of land given to to Errol the Young to start his own kingdom. And so then that's why they, they, like are related to the Gondorians, but they're now as of 500 years of their own rule, kind of their own people with their own language. Gotcha. Cool. And so that's why it's like a, like a, the challenge stay strangers here unknown. They cry in the tongue of the Rittermark demanding the name and Aaron of the strangers. So they're like, uh, like, Oh, okay, wait, hold up. If you don't speak this language, you can't come in, which is, like really intense and not, I think, typically normal for them. I think when, when, um, 
because even Gandalf has to ask like why are you doing like why are you talking like that instead of in the common tongue like that's the custom like what's your deal and I I feel like like Theoden has thanks to Wormtongue obviously become more like paranoid and has put that idea yeah. in his head like hey don't let anybody in who doesn't speak our language definitely yeah safe. it's definitely like they've gone into a heightened state of security because they know bad forces are out there and the only they feel like the only people they can trust are their own people and so the way to keep people out is by saying like you have to speak our language in order to come in. So yeah, that that for some reason I don't know why, but that rings kind of uh, kind of true to modern times these days. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm just oh, speculating wildly. Oh, oh wow. no! Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> Good uh, connection. I didn't oof. even think of that. Wow. Oof! Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> If there are any <laughs> listeners not in the United States, you're probably like, what? <laughs> not trying to make this political, but, but it's, uh, it's it not, political. not a super kind or welcoming or like fair thing to do um, in general. And yeah. so. And also, like, and Gandalf, yeah, Gandalf says, um, yeah, yeah, I do understand your speech, yet few, yet few strangers do. Why then do you not speak in the common tongue as in. As is the custom in the West, if you wish to be answered, basically being like, you're saying like, people can come in, but you're not doing it in a way that's accessible to everyone else. So no, not really everyone can come in. Yeah. And and so they and they respond like, uh, no, this is days of war, like, like, and you're dressed weird strangely clad riding horses that are kind of look like ours wait are those our horses (laughs) yeah i love this because gandalf kind of does some like wordsmithing here where he's like look i didn't steal this horse i borrowed it because if i had stolen like would a thief return the stolen item back to where it came i don't think so so i'm not a thief let us in (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're so worried because Wormtongue has kind of like put the fear of God in them. Like, yeah, and 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 he's like, well, because Wormtongue says that it's the will of Theoden that no stranger should pass these gates. Yeah, and, and then Gandalf says, well, I'm not here to see Wormtongue. I'm here to see Theoden. What does Theoden say? Um, and so they send them back off. And oh, I love this though because he, <laughs> it's kind of a like this happens a couple times. So far, where, like, they run into a random group and the people are like, who exactly do you think you are? And then, like, Aragorn does, like, a full, like, I don't know, like, flex right. of, like, Aragorn, I am Aragorn, son of, son Aragorn, of Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. Heir of kings, and it is to Munberg that he goes. Yeah. Also, like, let's like, the elf. <laughs> it's like, I'll tell you who I am. Thanks for asking. <laughs> but also, here's, like, listen, elf and Gimli. He's a dwarf. Like, that's it. That's all they get. Yeah, I love, yeah, he said, yeah, he, int- first of all, Gandalf introduces, this is the order. He says, I am Gandalf. And then he says, here is Shadowfax. <laughs> and then he says, beside me is Aragorn, son of Arathorn, blah, 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 blah. And then here also are Legolas the Elf and Gimli the Dwarf. <laughs> it's so good. I love that Shadowfax gets to be above Poor Aragorn and in introductions. Um, it's so uh, good. Do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I have seen many episodes of it. Okay. I've watched all of it. But for any listeners out there, in the first season, it's this joke that the character, so Charles Boyle, gets a—he's <laughs> like the character that the plot 
will just like shire on every now and then and there's a plot point where he gets like a medal of honor and at the same ceremony there's like a police horse that's also getting the medal of honor and everyone's like oh my god it's peanut butter peanut butter's here and he's like i'm also here and then like all of the news coverage cuts Charles out of the picture and it's just about like peanut butter getting this medal just, of honor. Yeah. Just the horse. Yeah. I, I do remember that. That's so yeah. good. That's exactly it. The poor That's Gimli is like... like Gimli is Charles and peanut butter is Shadowfax. <laughs> it's perfect. That's exactly it. Yes. Uh, I love it. So so they, they let him in. Yeah. The description of when they're walking through uh, Edoras, they found a broad path paved with hewn stones and winding upward, now climbing in short flights of well-laid steps. Many houses built of wood and many dark doors they passed. Beside the way in a stone channel, a stream of clear water flowed, sparkling and chattering. At length, they came to the crown of the hill. There stood a high platform above a green terrace, at the foot of which a bright spring gushed from a stone carved in the light likeness of a horse's head which is like that's so cool like yeah that's Mm -hmm. so pretty to me what i was like kind of imagining slash picturing is this like grand entrance into this grand golden city feels kind of reminiscent of the same feeling i got in the first harry potter movie when the bricks move aside and they're going into diagon alley and it's like this emergence of this like beautiful magical world and then the like diagon alley theme starts playing and i don't know i kind of got similar feelings of that of like this is a grand entrance i totally get it it's like it's yeah here here open the doors the dark gates but at and it's like wow look at this beautiful place with these beautiful homes and that terrace up there and that river and wow isn't that great um but also the like the gates are described as dark and the doors of the houses are described as dark and it's it's like there's there's like some kind of um not to be redundant but darkness Mm -hmm. (laughs) like hiding in this town this like yeah tolkien's not shadow no not at all (laughs) not at all and it's it's like a you know okay so they've they've reached the point where the guards are like you can't come in unless you speak our language and then okay you can come in but you know the streets are empty and the doors are dark and it's beautiful and wonderful but you know is this all what it seems like it just i love that yeah Um, yeah I think so they they get to the named Golden Hall and are asked to leave their uh, their weapons at the door. And this include this is this is when they immediately like start a fight, basically, because they the first thing that they do that they're asked to do. And they ask Gandalf to leave his staff. And he's like, I'm old. And they're like, fine, whatever. Gandalf's giving them hell like like, come on, like, like, stop you're doing what I told you not to do. You're drawing weapons. You're you're saying haughty things, whatever. Leave your weapons. Oh, but not my staff. Not no, my staff. Not, I need that. I need that to be dramatic and extra. <laughs> I got it. I got to tell you that in the film at this point, they do that wonderful trope of, okay, leave your weapons at the door. And then Aragorn does that wonderful trope where he just keeps pulling keeps knives pulling out weapons of places. Out. <laughs> That's great. And that also is so like on brand. So It's so good. Because every time kind of, 
they they don't like play it out for too long like for laughs but he's like he's like okay here's my sword and there's my bow and oh here's this knife and then he flips out another knife and the guard gets kind of scared like whoa <laughs> like what are it's really good uh aragorn um it's so, good. so he yeah in the here in the book he puts up a fuss because obviously his sword is very important <laughs> it's literally older than the entire country of rohan <laughs> like yeah and i i love that the four of them are like they're coming in with an air of like we're important haven't you heard of us we're kind of a big deal <laughs> and the other people are like no we haven't we, heard of you we literally we, don't know we don't you. know who you are <laughs> and this isn't aragorn's house this is theoden's house so yeah. you need to be and and they also like constantly talk about like oh gandalf are you back are you back to f- shire up again because we're uh, we'd really you rather not <laughs> gandalf is here blah 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 and yeah. then they do another beautiful i'm just looking at this this paragraph with another beautiful description of how gorgeous the inside of the hall is Mm -hmm. i guess i can feel it and i can hear the music that plays in the film which is amazing i'm so excited for you to get around to it and me too like pay pay (laughs) like the the music that plays is so thematic and wonderful and i could hear it as i'm reading this chapter about the the pillars and the all of the gold that's inside march figures of ancient legends and like that that's cool that gives me an idea now that maybe cuz i've been thinking about how to cover the movies on the podcast and i think at the very least it would have to be like multiple episodes about each movie but even then i feel like there's still so much to dive deep into so now i'm thinking like oh it could be cool to have episodes about like specific aspects of of the movies and there could be an episode about the music and the themes and, oh, and you stuff got, but- you gotta because it's wow the music and once you you start hearing the same themes come back over and over and over again or it's like you'll hear the fellowship theme but played in different instruments depending on where they are so like they're in rivendell it's like oh look at these beautiful string instruments it's rivendell but then they go in moria and you hear the same fellowship theme song but it's played on like deep tubas and french horns and stuff like that i love when stuff like that happens where it's the same theme but in different places and it's put in the context of that current situation oh yeah and so good so good it's really good yeah oh man yeah you yeah Uh, an entire episode based on about the music you could probably do more than one episode on more than one episode it's it's that good it's my like focus up and write music when I'm when I'm working on the the podcast if I'm writing something for our podcast or if I'm doing um like writing a, a story or an article or something like putting on the Lord of the Rings soundtrack is my like focus up right now and get this done music because <laughs> it's it's really good so yeah there's a bit of a disagreement when they're asked to leave all of their weapons at the door oh also side note one of the so one of the guards name is Hama and I'm 99% sure this is also the name of the character in Avatar The Last Airbender who teaches Katara how to bloodbend. And oh, that's snap. just kind of terrifying. And oh. I don't know if Hama is it. I don't know if that was something intentional from the airbender writers or if that was just a coincidence. And if it was something intentional, it kind of makes me suspicious of Hama and what could possibly happen because we also see later in this chapter that there is like deceit from within. So, okay, who knows? Wow, that's a, I might that's be a, reading more into this than there that's is, a, but a really fun 
connection you just made because I always think about the bloodbending episode, but I never oh. remembered what her I'm, name was. Because, I think that's her. Because, I'm pretty wow, sure it that's is. her name. So I just I just did a quick Google. It is. Okay, and good. that's terrifying and I love it. This yeah. Hama this Hama is a is a He's a good boy. He's, he is a <laughs> okay, <loyal>. good. <laughs> he is a good, loyal boy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw that name and I was like, ooh, not getting good vibes from that. Cause no, wow. If anyone, I love where your mind goes, though. That's... Yeah, from anyone who has seen the last Airbender series, everyone knows that the bloodbending episode is like the dark episode. It's so intense. <laughs> oh, no, Hama, so Hama spends this whole chapter doing things that are like, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but it's my best judgment. But and yeah, but it's but his and I best love when that happens. Legit, when, yeah. When Theoden brings it up later, and he's like, "If Ham, he's like, fine. If Ham is going to ignore my commands, I'll make him a servant, and he can be a messenger <laughs> for me right now." And Ham is like, "I definitely deserve that." <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but he, you know, he he lets Gandalf in with the staff, and if he didn't, you know, where where would we be now? And yeah, he, yeah. you know, he he <clears throat> held on to Theoden's sword, and he, you know, or uh, and he lets Aomer out of prison. You know, like he's a good. He's a good yeah. boy. <laughs> but yeah, eventually they are convinced to leave their things beside. And Gimli's like, okay, I guess if Aragorn's leaving his really important sword, I can leave my axe here. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like this note that he says about the Hama says about Gandalf's staff. He says the staff in the hand of a wizard may be more than a prop for age. Oh, yeah, he knows. He knows exactly what's up. But he trusts his own judgment. And he's that's what he says. Yet in doubt, a man of worth will trust to his own wisdom. Like, yeah. I'm in doubt. But I trust my judgment, my wisdom. I trust you and your wisdom, Gandalf. So go ahead and come on in. And like, that's cool. I love that. So they enter and they see a throne and it says, Upon it sat a man so bent with age that he seemed almost a dwarf. Mm. But his white hair was so long and thick and fell in braids from beneath a thin golden circlet set upon his brow. In the center of his forehead... uh, In the center upon his forehead shone a single white diamond. His beard was laid like snow upon his knees. So basically, he real old. He's the oldest man. (laughs) He's so old. And Gandalf makes a very dramatic entrance and says, I have returned. Which reminds me, there's this one moment. This is a really obscure, random reference, but whatever. There's this one moment in the musical How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, where the, like, antagonist character... Just he has one beat of a of music and it's like not even a song. He's like stops in the middle of a scene and goes, I have returned. <laughs> and then the music cuts off and he walks off and that's it. And so that's what I'm imagining Gandalf doing. That's perfect. Yep. That's <laughs> being dramatic. That's it. I have returned. For behold, the storm comes and now all friends should gather together. And he's like, I I'm so I'm I'm your friend, and here I am. I'm here to help you out. And Theoden <laughs> throws the worst shade in the next in the next paragraph. Oh, and also well, and also it's Wormtongue too, because Wormtongue says so we we learned that Theoden's son has just been killed mm-hmm. um a couple days before. So this is kind of important for the politics of of this area because now Theoden doesn't have an heir and as we just learned, he's very old, so he's probably going to die, if yeah. not in battle, very just soon. Soon, right? Yeah. But the, but Thaden's so old, and he's like, I'm going to, you know, he stands up and he's and he's like struggling to stand and still takes a moment to be like, 
I heard that Shadowfax came back without a rider, and I was so happy that the horse came back, but I was even happier that you weren't on him. That you weren't there. <laughs> That's so, so shady. Because then oh, Worm yeah. come, Wormtongue sneaks up from behind and is like, yes, oh, yeah, yes, my lord, you say all the all the things you should because Gandalf sucks and calls yeah. him Stormcrow, Lath Spell, Ill News. Like, yeah, him- Lath Spell, I name you, Ill News, and Ill News is an ill guest they say so um, good and like, gandalf says yet yeah, in two ways may a man come with evil tidings he may be a worker of evil or he may be as leaves he may be such as leaves well alone and comes only to bring aid in time of need and then worm tongue basically bites back with like a well there's also a third kind there's the kind of people who basically just like some men just want to watch the world burn and in mm-hmm. the minds of Rohirrim, that's what Gandalf is like because Gandalf has been a menace to them because he just keeps stealing their horses. A menace all the time. He's a menace to everyone everywhere. And yeah. that's why he has so many names and, and so many different <laughs> ways that people refer to him. Last spell yeah. I name you, which is so good yeah. to name somebody. I think oh we God. talked about this last time I was on. To give something a name or to put the power in the name or in a in, yeah. a, in words. Yeah, because you were on for the Council of Elrond chapter and there were so many people there who had so many names everybody had names and they also did the whole thing about like don't speak the the speech of rohan here in the you know like because words mean something to tolkien and 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 names like that and we get another we're gonna get another poem in like two minutes that like because that's just something that's really important to to the author and i love i love it and i love how gandalf gets like bites back at him and said he said like once again basically like a do you not realize who we are it's a pretty big deal that we're here right now oh because um worm tummy is making fun of how they look because they look really raggedy and their cloaks are gray gray and Gandalf says well they're gray because they were made from the elves and this is where I was like uh oh uh oh no <laughs> oh no because Wormtongue disses Galadriel yep. and yep. you cannot diss Galadriel in front of Gimli you can't do exactly. it <laughs> I literally wrote down the line how Hagrid says never insult Albus Dumbledore in front, in front of me, of me. <laughs> that's perfect and perfect. that's exactly Gimli Gimli literally has to be held back by yeah, Gandalf <laughs> yeah yeah so Wormtongue calls Galadriel sorceress of the golden wood and then says webs of deceit were ever woven in Dwimordine, which I guess is Dwimordine. I'm assuming yeah. is some it's some I, kind of other name for for Lothlorien, Lothlorien yeah. or something. That would be yeah, that would be the how the people of Rohan refer to yeah, yeah. to that land. And I was like, uh oh, uh oh, no. Then, yeah, Gimli strode a pace forward, but felt suddenly the hand of Gandalf clutch him by the shoulder. <laughs> I love that Gandalf has to hold him back. Hold me back. Hold me back, bro. Hold me back. Yeah. (laughs) And then Gandalf goes into another poem chant song about basically just talking about how beautiful and wonderful Galadriel and Lorien and everything is. Yeah. And I that... feel like he's like channeling Galadriel there. Oh, it's yeah. almost like a, like a prayer almost where he's like calling mm-hmm. upon the power of Galadriel who like literally helped bring him back to life when he died. So like a lot of this, his power comes from her or from his relationship with her. And so he gets to throw his tattered cloak aside and stand up, lean no longer on his staff and speak yes. in a clear, cold yeah. voice. You know, yeah. like, Dang, that's so yeah, good. Yeah, so this is the point in the audiobook 
where it got it went from zero to a hundred because it was <laughs> he he had just been doing this poem, so it was kind of like calm and soft and and everything, and then it like the music ramped up and it got so dramatic, and I was just like, whoa, okay. Okay, uh, all right. <laughs> um, very dramatic and so extra, but I loved it. <laughs> that sounds so, so good. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. Because the here... Fi- the Phil Gandalf- Dragish version is where it's at, y'all. That sounds good. Because here's where, where Gandalf literally gets to smite Wormtongue. Like, yeah, a that's what I was wondering. Yeah, so it says... Casting his tattered cloak aside, he stood up and leaned no longer on his staff, and he spoke in a clear, cold voice... The wise speak only of what they know, Grimma, some of Galmod, a witless worm you have become. Therefore, be silent and keep your forked tongue behind your teeth. I have not passed through fire and death to bandy crooked words with a serving man till the lightning falls. He raised his staff. There was a roll of thunder. The sunlight was blotted out from the eastern windows. The whole hall became suddenly dark as night. The fire faded to sullen embers. Only Gandalf could be seen, standing white and tall before the blackened hearth. Sorry, this is a long passage. I didn't realize that when I was (laughs) reading it. There was a flash as if lightning had cloven the roof. Then all was silent. Worm tongue sprawled on his face. So it was at this point that I was like, did he strike worm tongue with a bolt of lightning? Literally smites worm tongue. Oh my God. So good. He smites worm tongue and then performs an exorcism on Theoden, like right now. (laughs) This is not just, hey, wake up, Theoden. It's wake up and I, with my staff in your face, like I'm going to force you to stand up. You need to come out, come out, look out. You too long have you sat in shadows and trusted to twisted tales and crooked promptings. And then he gets up and it's like, it's literally like an exorcism. He's like, yeah. cast worm tongue aside, get out of here. You stand up on your own two feet. And then he does. And it's, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's great. It, it, in the, in the film, it looks even more like an exorcism. You can, you'll, <laughs> you'll see it. It's so, it's really intense. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So then he, Gandalf, like, announced, he's like, behold, you're king once again. He tells Eowyn, um, and this is the first time that we learn her name, because before, up until now, it's just, it was like, a lady stood next to them. And I know (laughs) I've heard the name Eowyn before, and I've heard people say that, like, oh, a female character gets introduced in this chapter. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they named her, I was like, oh, I really hope she doesn't suck. <laughs> and you know what? She doesn't. But yes, she does. She also doesn't it. get to speak for the rest I of this chapter. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have a lot of great bad female character moments in this chapter. Like there are a couple. It's a lot of like, go forth and tell this man this. And oh, bring us this glass of wine and, and all this other stuff. Yes. But, you know, yeah. And she, you know, this is the, the point where she she is introduced and she's mostly introduced through the eyes of Aragorn which is a little yeah. problematic so but, we will, yeah uh, but she is like so but she's so cool like I don't know I think she's good to know. also she's am I correct in thinking that she and Aomer are Theoden's niece and nephew yes okay. yes so he uses the the term sister daughter sister daughter yeah. as in my sister's daughter okay not- that's what that's what I figured but I was like I feel like I've made assumptions like that before and it's been like, no, that's that's exactly wrong. So, <laughs> okay, cool. And, wow, I just, I'm, I'm reading along as we're talking. I'm just like, 
I know I just reread this chapter like a couple of days ago to to prepare for this, but I'm not I'm not ready again. <laughs> like this is the because they go outside. Now, Lord, look upon your land and breathe the fury air again. And then it's just another paragraph of the most beautiful yeah. description. Um, well, <sighs> jumping up uh, before that, we, you mentioned how she is kind of, in- Eowyn is introduced in the eyes of Aragorn. Yeah. And this is when <laughs> I was like, what is this weird sexual tension <laughs> that Tolkien is writing between yeah. Eowyn and Aragorn? And it ha- and like, it's once there's another section later on that it's it's another moment where like Tolkien is not subtle With their hands touch but it says thus Aragorn for the first time in the full light of day beheld the Eowyn lady of Rohan and thought her fair fair and cold like a morning of pale spring that is not yet come to womanhood and she now was suddenly aware of him Tall heir of kings, wise with many winters, gray cloaked, hiding a power that yet she felt Oof. so yeah just, that sexual tension there is mad. Yeah, I'm like, okay, Tolkien, like, what's up with that? <laughs> he could probably write a very beautiful, poetic Shakespearean version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Ooh, I'd read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, that's tension. That's there. Like, hiding a power that yet she felt is the is the, the sentence that stood out to me there. That's like she knows that this man is more po- like as tall and as wise as he looks. He's even like wiser and more powerful than he appears. Than she knows, yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. I think that that speaks really well of both of them. Yeah. As that they can kind of stand like eye to eye a little bit, slender and tall, and he is tall, and they can kind of like look each other in the eye and recognize the inherent power that they both have. Yeah. I think is pretty cool. At the same time, though, I don't appreciate the fact that like, this is the third female character we've been introduced to, and right off the bat, it's like, oh, she's a romantic interest for one of the characters <laughs> and i'm like uh, okay tolkien um yeah and i have some I think- other thoughts that yeah. i will share once we get to the end of the chapter with yes. what happens with eowyn but yeah so they walk out it's like a whole new world for Theod. <laughs> <laughs> and gandalf says cast aside your prop and he drops his also a note that i picked up on is that his staff was black and then it had like a white bone handle or something and I was like, ooh, white and black. Hmm, wonder what that means. And then <laughs> it's about like he so he drops his black staff. He's dropped the evil darkness or whatever that came in the form of warm tongue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he, he stands up tall and and his eyes become blue. Like I think they did they say before his eyes were like clouded over. I don't know. He I don't just, know. I don't know if they. I don't know if they talked that? about his eyes beforehand, but it definitely says now that his eyes were blue as he looked into the opening sky. And that kind of reminds me how I think they do the same thing at the end of the cartoon version of The Grinch, <laughs> where when his after his heart grows three sizes, his eyes go from being like beady and red and they become wide and blue. So, oh, and by the way, that reminds me, I think the day that this episode is coming out is Christmas Eve. So happy Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. If you celebrate Christmas, if you don't, happy 
everything else. We'll be smack dab in the middle of Hanukkah at that point. So happy yeah, I was going to say, I think Hanukkah, yeah, Hanukkah starts pretty On the soon before Christmas. Yeah. So happy, happy Hanukkah. Merry Festivus to the rest of us. So then Gandalf and Theoden talk about kind of the strategy and the, the troubles of what's happening and what needs to be done. And Gandalf says, Gondor and Rohan do not stand alone. The enemy is strong beyond our reckoning, yet we have hope at which he has not guessed. And he points out towards the east and says, that way lies our hope where sits our greatest fear. Doom hangs still on a thread, yet hope there is still if we can but stand unconquered for a little while. And I love that doom hangs on a thread. Doom hangs still on a thread. That is so so good. So good. And I also love that he says, and he's pointing towards Isengard and says, that way lies our hope, where sits our greatest fear, because Saruman could be a great asset to them, but if they can't, prevent if they can't stop him or or anyway it's also their greatest fear at the same time yeah the fact that it that it can be both i don't know it feels like a like a gray area that we don't get often in in tolkien everything is so black and white and he's like you know over there that's hope and fear and doom and hope and and don't forget about the hope part. Don't forget know? about the hope part. That's pretty important right about now. <laughs> and I think Theoden here and then and then later, as you'll read, I think Theoden is is one of my favorite characters because he does in a way straddle that line, not between good and evil, but between like lightness and darkness. The the Rohirrim mm-hmm. um and the, the the people of Rohan and Theoden specifically don't shy away from the idea of doom. Like that is that is something that that they have kind of accepted as part of their culture. Um, And so this is, I mean, we're, we're officially in the part of the story where, I mean, it's still Tolkien. So it's still like good and evil are black and white are very, like very set who is good and who is evil. But we're definitely in the part of the story where hope and fear can become one in the same. Yeah, there are definitely moments where things are moving into gray area territory of mm-hmm. especially like the example of like Saruman the White is evil and bad now and he has turned to darkness mm-hmm. and kind of also just this like very realistic and also kind of scary thing that like good people can be bad. Yes, and good and good people can be bad and also good people can have darkness in them without being bad also which is not something we'd had explored in this story up until now because uh they and Theoden is that that man to bring it to us is why I love him so much <laughs> now now I'm I'm reading it again and reading this with you reading this chapter with you I'm like oh I'm never going to be able to stop rereading this <laughs> this book good um, that was my plan all along <sighs> It's so, it's so good. I like that Theoden said, he says, they're talking about this plan and like hope, evil, doom, all this stuff. And he just kind of sits down and sighs for a second. And he says, ah, that these evil days should be mine and should come in my old age instead of that peace which I have earned. Right? So I love that he just wanted like a peaceful retirement. Look at, I fought and now I've earned peace. And alas, that these evil days should be mine. He's lost his son. Yeah. And he also mentions Boromir. He's also uh-huh. like like a sad irony that the the young people are dying and he's old as f- and is still around. <laughs> yeah. And it hurts, but you know, I and and I actually made a special note 
uh, about this line that alas that these evil days should be mine it, it's a direct I think callback to back in Moria when Frodo says I wish the ring had never come to me yeah and I wish I wish I didn't have to do this and Gandalf said so do all who live to see such times but it is not for them to decide and yeah. so and Gandalf gave, gives him the same advice basically which is like you're gonna have to do this pick up your sword you're just gonna have to step up and take care of your people and Gandalf said the same thing to, to Frodo look like you didn't ask for it but it's yours now and you could either run from it or learn from it <laughs> and and that I think this parallel may be my favorite thing in this chapter yeah and um it's at this point that Theoden like is thinking about like going into battle and he kind of like subconsciously like reaches down to take his sword and he goes like ah oh, where's my sword and then they turn around Aramur's there and he's like alas here it is my lord or whatever he says and Theoden is like what how did you get your sword <laughs> and he's like and Hama says, oh, well, you told me to get him out of prison because, oh, we might not have mentioned that, but <laughs> at one point they say like, oh, go get, go, go get Aomer out of prison. Go grab him. Because he was imprisoned in chapter two for letting Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas go free and, and just kind of wander around and they gave them some of their horses too. So he was imprisoned because that was disobeying Theoden's orders. Yeah, I think he also like took a swing at Wormtongue at some point and that's... And Which who can blame the, him? Part of the reason the why worst. he's in jail. <laughs> yeah. And so Hama says, oh, well, you told me to get him out of prison, so I gave him back his sword. And <laughs> Theoden takes it and has a very like dramatic triumphant return to glory kind of a moment and Gandalf tells him that it says put your trust in Aomer rather than in a man of a crooked mind oh so this is this is kind of where they lay out the plan he says every man that can ride should be sent west at once as Aomer counseled you we must first destroy the threat of Saruman while we have time if we fail we fall if we succeed then we will face the next task and I was like, I like this plan. We haven't had a plan for a long time, and I like that we have one now. You sound like Gimli, because <laughs> Gimli at the end of this chapter says kind of the same thing. Like, ugh, we've been talking so long, it's time to do something. <laughs> you sound just like him. Oh my <laughs> Which gosh, is a good just... thing, because Gimli's right. They talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just like, at least for now, this is the plan, and it seems everyone is on board. Then Gandalf reveals, dun-dun-dun, I almost said Wormtail, which I've been trying not to do this honestly, whole time. Honestly, if we had at any point, I probably wouldn't have noticed because I do the same thing. Like, like they are the same, so much the same character. <laughs> and like, I don't know if J.K. Rowling chose the name Wormtail for Peter Pettigrew's nickname on purpose as a like drawing inspiration from this, or if it was a co coincidence or what. But like, <laughs> they are the same character, and I just kept oh, totally. writing like. At one point, I wrote down, what is the point of Wormtongue? <laughs> because he kept, they bring him back in after he regains consciousness <laughs> from being smote or smited, whatever that is. And they bring him back in and they mention that they found Theoden's sword along with a bunch of other stuff that has gone missing Jesus. in um, like his trunk or whatever. And he, loath was he to render up the keys. <laughs> and he says, you lie. He's so good 
good at like I mean being a sniveling awful person I know to be completely obvious here but to like worm himself into like people's good graces or you know to to use his silver tongue yeah like once again Tolkien's not subtle when he names a character worm tongue you know that it's not gonna be a great character his name his I believe his his real name is Grima but they call yeah. him Wormtongue, and then they just stick to Wormtongue. Like, nobody at any point calls him Grima, which is, yeah. like... I think Gandalf or Theoden call him that when they're, like, officially, like, sentencing him or whatever, or giving yeah. him orders. But anyway, so he cut. So Wormtongue comes in and says, It is as I feared. This wizard has bewitched you. <laughs> and then Theoden says, If this is bewitchment, it seems to me more wholesome than your whisperings. Oh, and then he says, You have, ti- you have yet time to clean the rust from your sword. And Wormtongue doesn't want to go into battle and says, send me not from your side because his assumption is that Theoden is not going to go into battle. And Uh I love that. Theoden says, and I do not send you from my side. I go myself to war with my men. I bid you come with me and prove your faith. So I love that he's like, okay, I won't send you from my side. Fight by my side. (laughs) We're both going to war. And then then Grima fails the test because instead of saying, yeah, totally, I will absolutely come with you and help you. He says, well, why don't I stay here and lead in your yes. stead that would be awesome and they're yes, like he says appoint a faithful steward let your counselor grima keep all things till your return and i pray that we may see it though no wise man will deem it hopeful so basically he was like i mean someone should probably stay here and keep guard over all of the really nice expensive things hmm i wonder who should do that oh look i'm here i could do that i could totally <laughs> do that yeah p fails the test even amber yeah. just laughs at him like oh boy Boy, good, good. All right, love it. And Gandalf's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. Yeah, shit. Like, calls get him out of here. Snake and asks him how long has it been since Saruman bought him. Like, yes, he says, down, snake, down on your belly. How long is it since Saruman bought you? What was the promised price? And it was. It's at this point that it's kind of revealed that Wormtongue is secretly a servant, I guess, of Saruman, mm-hmm. and they. Tell him that he oh, it says, this is your choice to ride with me to war and let us see in battle whether you are true or to go now whither you will. But then if we ever meet again, I shall not be merciful. Dang. <laughs> Wormtongue is basically like, fine. And he runs away and... <laughs> Theoden says, after him, see that he does no harm, but do not hurt him. Give him a horse if he wishes. And then Aomer says, if any will bear him. <laughs> because their horses are so smart. Like, yeah, yeah. And they, they would know that like, oh, this is an evil guy. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So then they all kind of sit down to have a, a quick impromptu feast because they're about to go off to war. They're saying anyone who is able, any man who is able, we are all riding off and we're going to go to war. The women, the children are going to leave the city and seek refuge elsewhere. Anyway, so they're kind of sitting down to have this moment of peace or whatever before they leave. Gandalf and Theoden start talking about Saruman and Wormtongue. Gandalf says, how far back his treachery goes, who can guess? And kind of talking about how um, that we've, we've already known that Saruman used to be a good guy and then kind of slowly started becoming more traitorous or more greedy 
or lustful after power Mm -hmm. and started only using the people like he did with the ints and treebeard um where he 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 he, like keeps up these connections but only for his own good yeah he's taking advantage of the people that trusted him for literally thousands of years Mm -hmm. or however long he's been around so gandalf's like well now we you know now that we know that sauron sucks if it weren't for aomer and if it weren't for rohan really um sauron would have have two members in my company but not the thing he wants the most but i can't tell you what that is yeah Um, just like once again always like secretive which i don't know i can i can understand them not wanting to tell more people than is necessary about the ring because that's like a very big thing to tell other people that corrupts Um, minds when they yeah and it corrupts people yeah exactly so you never know but at the same time like i can understand not wanting to tell all of rohan about it but like Maybe at least the king should know. <laughs> Maybe. What a, I mean, <laughs> Gandalf. I, I haven't, uh, I still Gandalf. don't agree with a lot of Gandalf's choices and him being secretive or not secretive or not having a plan. He has improved though. I have to say, I do like Gandalf 2.0. Yeah, Gandalf 2.0 is good. Oh, so, but um, yeah, he says, in those years, Wormtongue's task was easy and all that you did was swiftly known in Isengard. For your land was open and strangers came and went and ever Wormtongue tongue's whisperings was in your ear poisoning your thought chilling your heart weakening your limbs while others watched and could do nothing for your will was in his keeping yeah nice. great great nice so now he gone and then theoden says like oh well for all of your help i suppose i should give you a gift and gandalf is like hmm a gift you say i wonder what i should have uh, what's my present <laughs> he says give me shadow facts yeah of course take shadow facts also shadow fact nobody else can hang with shadow facts i'm the only yeah, one it's ca- so. yeah man oh god so it's so gandalf. good gandalf gandalf um I don't know um, why, like, this whole plot of, like, Gandalf and Shadowfax makes me laugh, but it, it just does. <laughs> they're BFFs forever. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's just, like, Tolkien loves horses, man. Boy, does he. Boy, howdy. He loves his horses. Yeah, so they are, everyone is presented with helms and armor and everything for them to take. Legolas and Aragorn take some. Gandalf doesn't need anything, I guess, because he's all powerful now. I don't need armor. (laughs) And and Gimli doesn't need anything because uh, it says that uh, he needed no coat of rings, even if one could be found to match his stature. Um, But his was forged from moria which we saw in fellowship Mm -hmm. when frodo wears the armor or whatever that bilbo gives him that was forged by the dwarves and it's like super protective made from like the best materials ever so he has the best of the best but he does take a tiny shield and i love that it mentions that it's a small shield and Theoden says, oh, it was made oh, yeah. for me in Thangol's days when I was a boy. <laughs> so I love that Gimli's shield is Theoden's childhood shield. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's really good. <laughs> and then we get more Aragorn, Eowyn sexual tension. <laughs> yeah, we do. Eowyn brings out a cup of wine for them all to drink from. It says, as she stood before Aragorn, she paused suddenly and looked upon him, and her eyes were shining, and he looked down upon her fair face and smiled. But as he took the cup, his hand met hers, and he knew that she trembled at the touch. 
Hail Aragorn, son of Arathorn, she said. Hail, Lady of Rohan, he answered. But his face was now troubled and he did not smile. So, yeah, he ooh. doesn't love that. He's like, oh no, oh no, there's, there's sexual tension here. I am very into Arwen and cannot stray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like sad. He's like bummed he's out like, oh, that no, she's I'm into, into this. Him. I'm oh, into this and oh, we're crap. into each other. <laughs> she's into me. She's really pretty. Uh, I got my lady back home that I love so much and it meant to be destiny wise. Uh, <laughs> uh-oh. Yeah. But yeah, then... We'll have to see. Ooh, love triangle. Who knows? Who knows? I love it. But then we get the first very badass thing that Eowyn gets to do, which is when Eomer gets named Thaden's heir, now that his yeah. son is dead, Eowyn gets named to be the lord to the Aerolingus while, while they're gone. He's yeah. like... I love I love how that comes about because they're, Theoden says, who when who shall I leave behind to lead everyone? And Hama says, someone from the house of Eor. Eoral. That's... Aeral. I can't do that R. Eoral. <laughs> Hey, Oral, that's not it. Nope. Whatever. <laughs> that's okay. And he said, and, and Theoden's like, oh, well, Aomer's going to be with me, so it can't be him. And he and Hama's like, I didn't say Aomer. I didn't what I about Eowyn? Because Eowyn is just as awesome, and yeah. everyone loves her. And that's Hama stepping up and being good, because he knows he messed up earlier. And now he's being brave and is like, well, what about the lady? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, Hama's Hama's a good he's a good yeah, boy. Yeah, I love that. Let the heralds announce to the folk that the Lady Eowyn will lead them. And I was like, ooh, that's fun. That's so um, good. And then once again, just in case you you forgot already in the one paragraph since the last piece of sexual tension. <laughs> she says, A year shall I endure for every day that passes until your return. But as she spoke, her eyes went to Aragorn, who stood nearby. Yep, yeah, she really <laughs> wants him to come back. Dang. But I love that part of her, like, oh, here, take this nice little, sir- like a like a corslet uh, and get the sword take the sword yeah like that's mm-hmm. awesome the sword and then they clad her in mail and like it's like all right well if you're gonna be in charge yeah, you're gonna put we armor haven't on seen, yeah we haven't really seen a woman yet bearing a sword and looking like she could go to battle at any minute that's really cool i respect that yeah she's she's awesome then they're all preparing to leave and Aomer asks Gimli if he basically they're they're like calling a truce because where Gimli and Aomer last left off, Aomer had insulted Galadriel, which as we know <laughs> doesn't sit well with Gimli. No, it does and not. <laughs> Aomer says like, "Oh, I know you're not a horse person. Why don't you ride with me? And that'll be like our our sign of peace between each other." And Gimli is like, "Yeah, that sounds good. But if you ever get the chance to see the Lady Galadriel with your eyes, then you." shall acknowledge her the fairest of ladies or our friendship will end <laughs> Gimli Gimli Gimli's so loyal Ah, uh, it's so good and then he also is like but I will not do it unless Legolas is nearby because yeah yeah, yeah. he's my bro he's my bro he's my bestie now oh this got me kind of curious is Aomer a non-binary character because it says where is Shadowfax said Gandalf running wild over the grasses they answered huh yeah that's weird they answered I mean I was like is it a crowd of people 
saying this at once. I was like, who is speaking this? And I was like, well, I guess maybe it's Aomer because he was the last person to speak before Gandalf. So I don't know. That's a theory. (laughs) I like it. Um, Only substantiated by this one use of they as a as a pronoun. But I mean, obviously, I'm I I always root for more non-binary representation in general, but I have a feeling it might be like the first bit is said by one person and the next bit said by a different person. Yeah, or just like yeah. I don't like, think it was an intentional thing. But he's like, where's Shadowfax? Uh, and literally everyone's like, oh, he's over there. <laughs> like he won't come because when he's called. <laughs> he won't. Like, yeah, the, I love this moment of Gandalf showing off because they're like, yeah, he's running wild. No one will. He won't listen to anyone. And the Gandalf whistles and Shadowfax runs over to him. <laughs> so, uh, yep. Just, <laughs> That's, yeah, Gandalf flexing that like, flexing yeah, so he's hard. my horse. And then uh, they all have a very like triumphant leave of the like leaving the the city and i love 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 the last line far Mm. over the plain eowyn saw the glitter of their spears as she stood still alone before the doors of the silent house oh and it's just beautiful i love that because it's like this very kind of like haunting reminder of of what war is like and what this time is like for the people who are left behind and yeah. stood alone before the doors of the silent house. Oh, so that's good. That's so good. Because that's yeah. that's every man gone. And yeah. they're, they're like, and then everyone and else like is about to minutes. evacuate the city. Yeah. Oh, I love that the Rohirrim, the Rohanites, <laughs> <laughs> went from like zero to 100 within the span of like a day, less than right? a day. It took less like, than a day. Yeah. And they, like, they march oh, in and they're war? like, who are these people? Why are they here? And then like two hours passes and they're like, oh, I guess we're going going to war bye honey see you later I time, to go to, time to go to war you're in charge sis and then they yeah. just <laughs> run away and leave Eowyn it all alone very quickly and leave her alone in front yeah. of a silent house where, where you can imagine I'm hearing the doors of the silent house I'm hearing that in contrast to how much noise there must have been just a minute earlier when yeah, the, and now it's, the horses it's and silent. the shouting yeah. For Theolingus and, and, you know, trumpets sounding and all of that. And then all of a sudden, just nothing. And Eowyn yeah. is left there cold and and tall alone and, and alone and, yeah. and, and in armor. And, and this... I think it's a really cool it's a really cool moment but it's also just like it's kind of like a, a bittersweet thing I guess I think when when we come back to Eowyn keep this image in your head of her like oh yeah yeah girl you're in charge you're awesome you're amazing we're gonna put you all up in armor look at this sword and this chain mail and everything you're so great okay bye and then just leave her I just I think from now on any future interaction we have with Eowyn I think I, I really want you to keep that in mind and like what that must have felt like for her mm-hmm. and yeah, um because yeah. I think Eowyn is one of the best not just like oh she's a wonderful a female character that Tolkien wrote but I think she's one of the best characters in this whole okay that's, series. that's cool to hear and and i want to say that i want to like make it very clear that i am not saying this to like knock on arwen at all because i feel like these two women are played against each other a lot by a lot of people who are mm-hmm. who like are fans or her i can see reading. that i can see that happening yeah because you don't get a lot of women so when there are two of them you want to pit them against each other which is wrong and you shouldn't yeah. and not what um, we should be doing at all because 
because so. Ar- because Arwen is also an amazing character. She represents a, a different kind of female character than than mm-hmm. Eowyn is, and I never yeah. want to pit them against each other ever. But people have a tendency to go, "Wow, Eowyn's so great." Wish uh, Aragorn ended up with her instead of Arwen. Like people say that like a lot, and like even though like Aragorn and Arwen are absolutely destined to be together, and Arwen you know pulls off all kinds of cool stuff uh, in her own right, people have a tendency to hate on her because she's I don't know not Eowyn. I don't, I yeah. don't know. It's um, I can, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, totally. And yeah, it's and it sucks, but like that but I just wow, I love Eowyn. She's yeah. really great. <laughs> also, so I, I don't know. I, I'm also like kind of conflicted here because I'm like, this this is great. This is a really cool introduction of what I'm sure is gonna be a really great character, but at the same time, I feel like Tolkien tried to make up for the lack of female characters by having them all be in these like powerful positions or having them all be really I don't know just like like Galadriel and Arwen are very like powerful graceful they're elves and and like even um shoot what's her name Goldberry the (laughs) Tom Bombadil's wife like they're all kind of like in these positions of they have an air of authority about them it kind of rubs me the wrong way because I would much rather have just like a regular female character that we see regularly throughout the series yes as opposed to a female character that's really cool and bad and oh she's the leader now that we see for one to two chapters at a time and then we don't see them again i completely agree i completely agree it's a lot to yeah (laughs) and it's like i i also had similar feelings like that when in um end game and the big final battle where there was that shot of all of the female superheroes yep. standing together i was like that's cool but it doesn't make up for the fact that you haven't you've only given one of them their own movie yeah you know soon to, soon to be two um, soon to be t- which i also have feelings about that because i'm like I, you only you only gave her her movie when it doesn't matter anymore yep the, so yep, yep. <laughs> I I've, yes, I have I have very powerful feelings about all of this as well. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. But anyway, that brings us to the end of this chapter. Yay! Alice, what would you like to plug or share with our audience? If anybody listening happens to be a fan of theme parks or Disney or anything related in that nature, I have a podcast called Those Happy Places we mentioned at the top of the episode. Uh, it's a podcast about theme parks, rides, and attractions, and how they should be treated and analyzed as literature. If you connected somehow with how I like to analyze this story and want to hear more of that, I do quite a lot of literature analysis over on uh, Those Happy Places, which you can find at thosehappyplaces.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at alicewhitethp for Those Happy Places. Also, a, another question that I'm starting to ask my guests, what's something, uh, a book, a movie, a TV show, it could even be a band that you think people who enjoy Lord of the Rings would also enjoy. Cool. Has anybody uh, recommended uh, The Name of the Wind yet? Um, I don't think so, because so- I've only asked two people this question so far. <laughs> okay, well, happy to happy to jump in with uh, The Name of the Wind, um, which is the first in a hopefully trilogy. There's only two of the three books out um, so far by uh, Patrick Rothfuss. It is a really gorgeous, really intense um, high fantasy story. It's 
Mm, I don't even want to say too much about it because I feel like you should just go read it. It's very, it's, it's about, uh, it's like a D and D story, but if your main character was a bard who sings and stuff instead of, uh, instead of like a barbarian or a fighter or a, or even a wizard, and he's kind of striking out on his own as an orphan to fight like great evil in the land, and uh, that's a, yeah, that's about as much as I'm willing to say about it. That's what I'm talking about. Is a proud member of the Bacon and Eggs Network. You can learn more about that by going to Bacon and eggs.media. Also, when this episode comes out, there is big news coming soon. Uh, I believe tomorrow, actually, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. Just a lot of great, exciting news happening for the network, and I'm really stoked. I would recommend to follow Bacon and Eggs on Twitter or Instagram so that you can get updates about that. The cover art is by Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. And also, you can join the Facebook group, which I will link to in the episode description. You can find me on Twitter at mcwatt416 and Instagram at mcturndownforwatt. And also finally, since it since it is Christmas Eve, not as I'm recording, <laughs> I have so much to do before it's actually Christmas Eve. But if you want to get me a present, a great present would be to rate and review on iTunes. That would be great. Leave a review. Tell me, tell me how you're enjoying if you are a lifelong fan, if this is the first time that you are experiencing Lord of the Rings. I have a wonderful listener slash friend, Becca Eddowes, who isn't even reading or watching the movies. She just likes listening to me talk about the, <laughs> the books for some reason. <laughs> so please leave a, a rate and review if you like it. If you don't like it, don't do anything, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold strategy for your friend. I love that. <laughs> yeah, she, she's she been like the biggest cheerleader lately for Tolkien about and she keeps tweeting nice, amazing stuff. And I'm like, you're so wonderful. Thank you Aww. for doing this. Um, also, oh, also, um, speaking of Becca, I was on her podcast with Annie, uh, Sincerely Us. And that episode will come out on Christmas Day tomorrow. And we talked about a very popular musical so Ugh. if you like if you like harry potter if you like musicals if you if you like the star kid productions listen to that episode even if you don't like any of those things because it was such a fun time check out their podcast sincerely yes whoa that was a lot of things to recommend <laughs> alice do you have any final words parting words for our audience i just want to say keep gandalf's words in mind i love gandalf's uh advice here i said it already but i'll say it again just keep keep on keep it on that's that's a, the summary of gandalf's philosophy for, for all of you on this, I know the holidays are tough, so keep on keeping on. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes, the holiday. I, I I hope that if you're someone who the holidays are tough for, if maybe you have some difficult family situations or maybe you're not able to be with family, um, I hope that you're able to listen to this and, and know that we're thinking about you and I hope you're able to enjoy this podcast for a bit. So Yay. that being said, that's what I'm talking about. 